What's up, guys? My name is Garrett. My co-host is Andrew, and this is the Highly Disputed Fantasy Football Podcast. And it is finally football season. Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> well, I'm in the middle of an open. When we were recording this on Tuesday, this is Tuesday right before the opener on Thursday. Bucks, Cowboys, can't wait. But the wait is finally over. We got stardom sit-ems this week. We got injury updates. We're finally going to get you, uh, let you guys know what our actual fantasy teams are for this year. Are you excited? I'm fired up. Yeah, that's that was that was the whole point of the, oh, yeah. That no, was, you're just no, mocking that me after my, the one time. That was my favorite intro last week. Like, I, I laughed, but that was, like, smooth. Like, I'm not, I'm not it, going back to that. It, it matches our, our intro music, the whole, oh, yeah. We're good. Not, I'm, I'm pumped. Not going back to it's it. It's officially fantasy football. Yes, season. it is. Like yes, two it weeks is. ago before our draft, it was like, all right, yeah, fantasy fantasy season is about to start. But like we're it's the Tuesday before the Thursday games. You guys are hearing this the day of the Thursday games. Get yeah, you pumped. will be hearing this on Thursday. Everyone should be excited right now. Your lineup should be set. You should be drafted for the most part. You should be Honestly, up. I hope that you're not drafted yet. I hope that you're drafting. Tomorrow. I, I hope you're draft, drafting tomorrow. I have a draft tomorrow, and I am so happy because there could be an injury today or tomorrow morning at practices, and I'm glad I won't know until – I'm glad I won't draft until 7 p.m. tomorrow. So Yeah, I, I, I much rather would draft as late as possible. So I hope for all of your sakes that you haven't even drafted yet, you still have another day to go, and you're going to draft tomorrow evening. Like I think that's best-case scenario for everyone. Yeah. All right, let's jump into some injury updates here. Uh, there's just a few, um, you know, couple big deals, couple no big deals, but I feel like it's kind of important to mention. The first one is Justice Hill going down yesterday for the Ravens. I think this is a big deal. Do, do you? I mean, I think it's a big deal for the Gus Edwards news and hype that we've seen all, all the rest of the offseason with the injury of J.K. Dobbins, but I don't think it affects anybody else on that roster. So I followed Justice Hill's uh, his ownership status in most leagues, and before the J.K. Dobbins injury, he was only rostered in about 2.5% of leagues. After the J.K. Dobbins injury, he was rostered in about 32% of leagues, which is probably smart because if there was an injury to Gus Edwards, next man up mentality. At this point, Gus Edwards should be rostered in 100% of leagues, and at this point, you should definitely be keeping track of Le'Veon Bell, and Todd Gurley. Both more more been, Le'Veon Bell. More Le'Veon Bell, but both have been worked out by the Ravens. Not Todd Gurley was a few weeks ago, but he had still been worked out by the Ravens. I think that's a big deal. I think the Gus Edwards workload still is going to be about the same because I don't know what Justice Hill's role was going to be other than a pass catcher. Uh, Gus Edwards isn't a pass catcher. So no. if it's Bell, he's, bring, he's coming in to be a third down back, which... Yeah. To me, still not fantasy viable. We saw it on the Chiefs last year. If you can't be fantasy viable on the Chiefs, I can't help you. You're just not going to be viable see, at all. See, I don't, I don't think that's fair because I think it's, as a running back, I think it's harder to be fantasy viable on the Chiefs than it is on other but teams. But the Chiefs had injuries to their running back room no, and I still agree. wasn't fantasy viable. I understand, but but still, as a, you have to be better than Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey to really be viable in the Chiefs' offense, which makes it like Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been dropped in my lists. And like it's just hard to be dominant in that offense where if you put Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the Ravens right now, I think you'd do much better than you did on the Chiefs. I, it's, it's all Well, about yeah, I mean, it's all about opportunity. Sometimes, sometimes it hurts being on the best team in football. That is true. Moving down the list, Irv Smith 
this was last week. We didn't do a podcast that was recent last week, so we're just going to update you guys. Irv Smith, done for the year. That's a tough blow for the Vikings. They traded for Chris Herndon. Don't go out and pick up Chris Herndon. That guy's never even been relevant. As someone who drafted Chris Herndon last year, don't go and Yeah, remember when you thought... Again, Andrew, trying to be smarter than everybody. I love it. I picked up... I drafted Chris Herndon. I go, Chris Herndon. And like four people look at me like, oh, that's a good pick. I said, no, it's not. And I ended up dropping him after week one because I was like, I'm never going to use this guy. So... The person to look out for with the Irv Smith news is Dallas Goddard. Well, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz fans, yeah. pay attention. Yeah. You guys he, might be on the move here. Yeah. Like this, if, if Zach Ertz went undrafted in your leagues and he's sitting out there on the waiver wire, go pick him up. Go pick him up because he could be the starter in, in Philadelphia. He, again. he should be rostered anyways because he's going to get touches in Philly. And we've had this discussion already. I know your feelings on it. But Zach Ertz definitely should be rostered. He still has plenty of fantasy value enough to be a secondary tight end or, in some cases, a starting tight end. Definitely, if the schedule works out, like this week against Atlanta, I would be starting Zach Ertz. Yeah. So, on sleeper, Zach Ertz is rostered in 91% of the leagues. That should that's, be higher, that's, correct? That's, that should be... I mean, no, 91% is about yeah. it because if you're in a 10-team league, he might not necessarily be rostered because there are 10 tight ends that are probably better than him. But for the most part, like... If you're in a 12-team, 14, or 16, he definitely should be on a team. Like, yeah. guaranteed, he should be on a roster. So, the question I have for you is, say Dallas Goddard gets traded to the, the Vikings. Does Zach Ertz bring back that dominance he had two years ago where he was a, a top-four tight end? He's not a top-four tight end. No, he, but does he return to that kind of I don't know if stability? I would say that his, his consistency will go up, uh, and definitely his value goes up. As, lo- as well as his touches and, you know, just his overall value. Does he finish top five? No, I don't think he finishes no. top five. I-, I just don't know if there's going to be enough volume even in that. Pa- that passing offense is sketchy at best. I don't know what it's going to look like. We don't even know if it's going to be Jalen Hurts at the end of the right. year. Right, so to to say that Zach Hurts is a top five potential tight end, no, I-, I think I'm past that. He still has injury history. Top eight, now I'm intrigued. Top eight, I can get there. Top five, probably not. Next on the list, Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr., both coming off ACLs, both expected to play week one. Odell Beckham has been determined, yes, yes he is. Week he one. is cleared. Barkley, they said within the next day, should be cleared to play for week one. As far as touches go, I expect Barkley to have probably 50 to 60% workload, which with Saquon, that could mean anything because Saquon's all about the big play. So if Saquon Barkley's on the field, I still expect him to be in your starting lineup. Don't be sitting the guy. Definitely have him out there. Odell Beckham, on the other hand. Uh, there's news. The Saints have released Latavius Murray. That's interesting. Via Adam Schefter. That's quite interesting because uh, Latavius, Latavius Murray, pretty solid running back. Which is odd because, oh, well, they asked him to take a pay reduction yesterday and he yes, refused. he refused. He's coming off his best season, averaging four and a half yards per carry and 7.7 yards per catch. Is that another option for that Raiders Ravens I, offense? I was go just going to say, I think the Ravens are an option there. He's not the best pass-catching running back, but he's solid. I'm literally looking at the replies on this tweet. Field Yates feels like the Ravens should give his agent a call soon. Colin Coward replied this. Right. You yeah. Know. So it's out there. You know the Ravens are going to do their due diligence on it. You know, Is he what they need? Not necessarily because, again, he's not the greatest pass-catcher, but 
I don't think he hurts them at all. I think it's running back depth with the which they clearly need right now. They're I think I think if they were to go and grab Latavius Murray, Latavius Murray has a a very good chance of taking that starting spot in the backfield. I would agree. I'm, I, I would agree. I'm more I'm higher on Latavius Murray than Gus Edwards personally. Oh yeah. I'm not really a big Gus Edwards guy. He just he doesn't give me anything in the passing game. And well, if there was a guy on, on the Saints that was. If there was a guy the Saints wanted on, uh, as their backup for Alvin Kamara to like fill Alvin Kamara's shoes the best, I think it was Latavius Murray. I think Latavius Murray did it better than anybody else could as a backup. So, I mean, if they want pass catching viability for Lamar Jackson to be able to check down to or just take the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands in general, Latavius Murray, I'm, if I'm the Ravens, I'm calling him right now and I'm saying, hey, we'll pay you what the Saints were just paying you. Come here for the season and then you can be a backup for J.K. Dobbins next year. Or just sign a one-year deal and try to get a starting deal next year for another team because there are plenty of teams that I feel are going to have have starting roles opened next year. One hundred percent. All right. So back to the Odell. Yeah. Odell is a guy who this week I'm probably not starting. I don't know how much he's going to be on the field. I don't know what his health is. I I know he's been cleared. I know he's healthy. He still didn't fit into that offense last year. I am a wait and see on him. Yeah, we can stop talking about Odell. Okay, we'll talk we about can, him later. I have two more. Uh, CEH is dealing with an ankle injury right now, but he practiced yesterday. Should be good to go 100%, says Andy Reid. And then the last one is Hunter Henry practiced this week for the first time in three weeks, and he should be ready to go week one for the Patriots. So if anything, that just lowers Johnny Smith's value a little bit, but it probably raises Mac Jones's value. Not that Mac Jones is really rostered in a lot of leagues. Well, he probably is, but as a starter, he's definitely not a starter. Yeah, that's all I have for injuries. Does, unless you had anything else, does that boost um, Jacoby Meyer's stock for you a lot more? Starting Mac Jones, I don't. I think that all of the Patriots pass catchers have about the same value. It's all middle of the road, flex tight end two, wide receiver two options at best. Yeah, all of the pass catchers are about the same for me. It's do you like the matchup and. You're going to have to wait and see because Nelson Aguilar is on the team. Kendrick Bourne is on the team. Nikhil Harry eventually will re- rejoin the team. Like, Jacoby Myers is there. You know, there's a lot of guys, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. We're not exactly sure who the lead guy is, so it's going to be hard to predict. So you might want to wait a couple weeks before you make a call like that. So I don't think it raises anybody's value, but it definitely lowers some value because it's just another guy. Yeah. So... And I've I've said from the start, I think Hunter Henry's the number one tight end there. You disagree on that. We have that written on the board that you have Johnny Smith over Hunter Henry. We'll wait and see on that one. Yeah. I think I think if there's one person that boosts in the offense, Cam Newton being gone is, is Damian Harris. Yeah, absolutely. It, because he's going to get red zone touches. Yeah. Cam Newton takes away from red zone. Yeah. So, absolutely. Damian Harris has not flown up my board, but, I mean, I can't draft him anymore anyway. The draft is over, but... He he'd be a guy after Cam Newton got released that I'm. If you're drafting tomorrow like I am, Damian Harris is a very viable option as my running back two three. ESPN currently has him ranked as running back twenty two on their board. Uh, another just to throw it in the Rams and the Sony Michelle trade. I don't know if we were able to talk about that last week. You know what? Daryl Henderson is probably still the top back on the Rams. ESPN has him ranked as running back sixteen. Sony Michelle is running back thirty four. Don't reach. Do not reach on either one. If you're still drafting, don't reach on either one. The Rams are going to throw a ton. 
they're just going to throw a ton. Sony's a decent pass catcher. Henderson's not really much of one. They don't give you any value there. Yeah. So just to just to piggyback off of those two points, just don't over overdraft those guys. Yeah. I think that's it for news. Yeah, as far as news, that's about it. Other than the Mark Andrews getting an extension, yeah. but that's not fantasy news, so we're going to pass on that. You want to do stardom or sit them first? I want to go over our rosters that we drafted. On, oh, you want to do rosters first? Yeah, let's do rosters first. All right, sure. Take us into the rosters. All right. So, again, for anybody that wasn't here when we had brought up how our league works, quarterbacks score a shit ton of points in our league, and that thus upping the importance of having a very good quarterback. It doesn't take – like, it doesn't – I've always argued in, the, in our league that like you should still take a running back number one overall. And I, I prioritize running backs over quarterbacks every single year. Sometimes it bites me in the ass, sometimes it doesn't. So just when you when you see our rosters and we talk about where we drafted these players, just take into account that our league is completely different from every other league. Also, quarterbacks that throw the football are a big <laughs> deal. Running the ball as a quarterback really doesn't help you in this league. It gives you points, obviously. You want a quarterback that's throwing for 300 yards and 20-plus 20 plus, 20 yard completions. That's what you want. So yeah. we'll get into that in a minute when we yeah. go over Andrew's roster, which we'll start with Andrew. Why not? You know, We'll start at the very bottom, a very good place to start. <laughs> All right, so I had picked 10 out of... Started from the bottom, now we're here. I had to pick 10 out of 14 teams in our league. Um, the roster requirements in our league, you have to have two quarterbacks rostered, two tight ends, two kickers, two defenses... Four running backs and five wide receivers. You start one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, a flex tight end kicker defense. Um, in the first round, my targets were Ezekiel Elliott, hoping he fell to me at 10. I did not get him. My co-host here took him from me right out of my hands. But that was never really, like, plausible that I was getting He him. knew I would. Yeah. See, here's the thing, guys. Andrew knew I was taking Ezekiel Elliott if he was on the board. Yeah. The only reason I wouldn't have taken Ezekiel Elliott is if... Alvin Kamara was on the board, or Dalvin Cook, and or Derrick Henry. Yeah, any other option was taking Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. So like, there was slim chance that I was getting Zeke. So I wasn't too mad. But my plan B that I thought was just a lock that I had drafted everything, every mock I had around around this player because I just was like, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna have him on my team. There's no doubt. Tyreek Hill goes number nine, one pick before me, and I threw a fit. At that moment in the draft, I started laughing i i was laughing so hard knowing that he missed out on his number two option it just it was absolutely fantastic it all fell apart i took the full i took like a minute and a half out of our two minutes that we had for the first round to draft and then i finally came up on aaron jones who aaron jones is my number one running back i'm completely okay with i think the upside in the packers offense right now with aaron aaron Rodgers is his that's his comeback or his forever season with the packers i, sh- I would say and then I was able to get Najee Harris in the second round when it came back to me. So my two starting running backs, probably for the entire year, because one of them has to be in the flex, is Najee Harris and Aaron Jones. I think in the third round, I sadly went, they go Lamar Jackson. Do you have the draft board picture still? I do. Let me pull it up. It's going to be a minute. I don't think you took Lamar there. Oh, it might have been. It might have been. Oh, I might have went Robert Woods. And then in the thir- in the fourth round, I have TJ Hawkinson. But, and then I have Lamar Jackson as my starting quarterback. I have Robbie Anderson as my other starting wide receiver this week. So you did go Lamar Jackson in the third yep. round, which, again, 
Andrew makes this selection and I start laughing because I know Andrew very well. And Lamar Jackson, not a guy for him. I panicked. Like, absolutely panicked. Let me just say this. I have done four drafts with Andrew this year. Two of them have money involved in the draft. Get, kids, don't get into gambling. It's not good for you. <laughs> Two of the drafts have money involved. In both of those drafts, Andrew selected four to five players that I have consistently heard him badmouth. <laughs> <laughs> and in the two free drafts that him and I have done together, he has done great. So anytime that there is pressure on Andrew in a draft, fully expect a 100% choke job on yeah. him. He is the Atlanta Falcons of drafting. Yeah. Um, so my full team, just sum it all up, because my bench really sucks for the most part. It's bad. I have Lamar Jackson, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Robert Woods, and Robbie Anderson. TJ Hawkins, which, by the way, I've said over and over that Robert Woods and Robbie Anderson are the same fantasy wide Again, receiver. Again, so we're sitting there on so draft night, and Andrew takes Robert Woods, and then two rounds later takes Robbie Anderson. And Again, I'm sitting here, what is he doing? You took Robert Woods, and I instantly said, well, he's taking Robbie Anderson. Why is he taking rich man's Robbie Anderson right now. Just get Robbie Anderson in two more rounds. I just, I panicked. I didn't so understand hard. your, your method at full, all. Full panic set in after Tyreek Hill got taken. And just, that's how the rest of my draft went. And then I have TJ Hawkinson, Ryan Suckup, the Bucks kicker, the Colts defense. And my bench is Carson Wentz, AJ Dillon, Javante Williams, Will Fuller, Michael Gallup, Debo Samuel, Gerald Everett, Matt Gay, and the Chargers defense to sum it all up. So my favorite part about the Robert Woods pick, just, just to hammer this one home, let me list off some of the players that Andrew passed on in order to take Robert Woods. Could have had Julio. Didn't want Julio. Could have had Brandon Ayuk. Could have had Tyler Lockett. Didn't want Tyler Lockett. Could have just had Cooper Cup, who's probably going to be the best receiver on the Rams. No. Could have had Amari Cooper. The only one I regret passing up on is Brandon Ayuk. That's the only one. Because I know you wanted him, and I could have just sent him you, to you for you, a bunch of stuff. Right. You could have swiped him from me, and you could have forced me to do something else. So, overall, I don't think I drafted well. I think this is the worst draft I've had in in our main fantasy league ever. Pretty bad one. Ever. And I'm kind of screwed. And I've been trying to make trades for the past week to make my team better, and nobody will trade with me. So, it, it's just it's kind of shitty. The fact that people are going to take fantasy advice from a guy that doesn't even know how to draft is just really killing me. Yeah, but I always seem to work it around. Uh-huh. All right. Sure. <laughs> sure. I can't wait to watch you try to dig out of this one. All right. Let's get into my team. I I loved my draft, and I've already made a big trade. I've actually made a couple of trades. I love this draft, too. Yeah. I wanted his did. pick spot so bad. Yeah. I, I tried trading up to get his spot, and he just wouldn't do it. Let's so we already said it with my first pick. I went Ezekiel Elliott, and that was the guy I wanted all along. Uh, on the way back through, I took DK Metcalf. I had some other options on the board, but I decided to pass on Joe Mixon. I passed on. Did I pass? I passed on CD Lamb. I also passed on Justin Jefferson, and I didn't love that. I passed on Calvin Ridley too, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I went with DK Metcalf. I think the volume's going to be there. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I just think he pretend. I looked at all those guys and said, which, which guy has the best chance to have the best year? And I figured I'd rather have DK on the team. My third-round pick, I went quarterback, which is what a lot of guys do in this league. And I was shocked, shocked that Justin Herbert was available in the third round. Again, guys, quarterbacks get just taken instantly in this draft. 
I won't take one before round three. I refuse to do that. It's against my yeah. religion. Like Mahomes and Allen went within the first five picks. Yes, it, first five picks. That's what everybody listening. I think Tom understand. Brady was a first rounder also, and so was Aaron Rodgers. No, Aaron Rodgers. No, was, I think it was just Tom. Was second round. But uh, that, so I went Justin Herbert on the way back up. I took Brandon Ayuk. I was super psyched about that pick. I've had Ayuk as one of my targets for a while. I didn't mention him on the podcast because I needed to keep something a secret. So sorry, guys that do listen. I had to keep that a secret. Uh, Then I took David Montgomery, probably my favorite pick in the draft that I made because I'm sitting there in round five and the entire room is talking about a player. They're like, I can't (laughs) believe this guy is still on the board. And I'm looking at the board. I'm like, well, they're talking about David Montgomery because he's sliding ridiculously far right now. So the pick got to me, and I'm like, oh, guys, he's coming off the board. I said David Montgomery. And I have since traded David Montgomery. The pick after that, I took T. Higgins to round out my wide receiver group, also traded T. Higgins. I now currently have Austin Eckler on my team. I traded T. Higgins and David Montgomery for Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, the last two years, minimum of 300 attempts, is the number one fantasy running back per attempt. He averages 1.2 or 1.2 fantasy points per touch. That's pretty good. I wanted to have him on my team, so I've upgraded my running back room. And then the rest of my roster kind of rounds out. I got Dallas Goddard. I wanted Tyler Higby. You guys know I've been hammering him home. Didn't get him. He went one pick in front of my selection. Jason Sanders at my kicker spot. I went Patriot. Patriots defense has been my ride or die pick like all year. I've picked them in every single draft I have them everywhere and my bench isn't great I currently have Marquez Calloway and Juju Smith-Schuster who I traded for I have Gabriel Davis which just kind of floating him around hoping to maybe trade him off to somebody we'll see what happens you got you got a look on your face like you you got to take a shit or something no I just hate my team so much You, you really should you should hate your team I, I went against everything I had said. Like, go ahead and finish off your team. So no, I, I'll, I'll just I'm good. I, I, got, I got my starters in there. I took Michael Carter from the Jets. Yeah. I didn't love that pick. I reached on him a little bit, but all the rookie running backs had basically come off the board, and I wanted to make sure I got one of them. So I took Michael Carter. I didn't want to miss out. You know, that's, that's about it. I, I really don't have any other guys. I ended up getting Curtis Samuel, who I traded for Juju. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Word to the wise, just... Next year, or if you're drafting like tomorrow before the season starts on Thursday, like have plan C and D just there just in case. Because if you remember when I did the mock, we both did our mock draft on the podcast, I told myself, you know, the running backs are scarce. Not taking a top five tight end. What do I go out and do? I take TJ Hawkinson. Granted, I got Javante Williams. I'm happy. My running backs are fine. I'm, I'm happy with them. But I just went against, I like you said earlier, I went against everything I told myself I wouldn't do just because I panicked because my plan A and B were both gone. So just have have backup to your backup to your backup plans just in case shit hits the fan. Like it very well could like it did with me. That's about it. We will keep you guys updated every week with how both of us do. I think next week we'll talk about who we think has the best roster. I think my vote's you anyway, but we'll figure out who has like the second best in our in our group. And we'll I've I've already anointed that. I don't think it's me. I love my team. I but think your starting roster is be- is the best. Um, I don't know overall. I'd have to go through and, and look at depth in every position. My bench does stink. 
my bench stinks like big time. So, you know, to that, I'm not really sure, but we'll yeah. see. All right. Start him or sit him? Let's go with start him. We'll, we'll start right. on a high note. Do you have your first? So just for the record, guys, these are players. The stardom guys should all be players that aren't 100% rostered. There shouldn't be superstars in your stardoms. So the, your superstars, you should be starting them anyways. In the sit-ems, we'll mention a couple superstars that we don't feel are going to be as good this week. But the stardom guys should all be bench players that should have really high upside. Do you want to have you? You want to go first here for stardom? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the 49ers backfield. <laughs> uh, Raheem Mostert and Trey. I like Sermon. it. I like it. Uh, Big grouping. If if I could start Raheem Mostert as my running back too, or Trey Sermon as like a flex play, I think both of those are great starts against the abysmal run defense that is the Detroit Lions. Game script is favorable for a lot of running chances for the two favorite backs in San Francisco, and I don't think we're going to come off of the the running back by committee that we see all the time in San Francisco right off the bat. And I just got a trade from Garrett. Michael Carter and Juju for Javante Williams and Will Fuller. No. Um, I kind of figured, but I had to throw it out there, you know. We, we always see these these running back by committees in, in San Francisco based off the two best running backs. And what better way to start off the season with the two best running backs in San Francisco playing against what might be the worst run defense in football or one of the worst. So, yeah, like I said, Raheem Mostert as a running back two-star or Trey Sermon as a, a flex play. I love Je- uh, Jeff Wilson also. Don't sleep on Jeff Wilson. He I would I would think Jeff Wilson if you need like if you play DFS at all. Yes, DFS. I'm not starting Jeff Wilson on my fantasy team, but if you play DFS and you need something somebody cheap to round out your team, Jeff Wilson could get a hell of a lot of touches too because I could see this game being a huge blowout. You want to go first? Go with your your number one. Yeah, I'll do my first one. I'm really excited about this guy, Russell Gage. He's currently rostered in 33.3% of leagues on ESPN. This guy went over 10 fantasy points last year 10 times. On a Falcons offense that wasn't good, that also had Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and Julio had a massive target share. They're playing the Philadelphia defense, which is a massive question mark in the secondary. Like, we just don't know what it's going to look like. So there should be an uptick in targets there. I think Russell Gage is a pretty good value. He had a lot of good games last year, especially against bad teams. Like, he tore it up. And Atlanta, like, they're going to throw. They're going to throw the ball. We don't know what Mike Davis is going to be. Like, we like to think that he's the biggest sleeper of the season, but in all honesty, he could be the biggest bust ever. So I have Russell Gage as my top stardom guy. If Russell Gage is on your bench, I recommend starting him if you're wide receiver. If you're looking for a flax or a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three in some deeper leagues, Definitely Russell Gage, if he ha- if you have him, you should. Yeah. And, like, and he should be rostered. Yes. Why that guy's not rostered in at least 85% of leagues is beyond me. And, and two flex leagues where it's two running backs, two wide receiver, two flex. Russell Gage is a very good opportunity to start if you need somebody and you don't like the other matchups or you hear us say to sit one of the other players that you have on your roster. Russell Gage is a very good start. He's going to see a lot of uptick and and. Targets with Julio Jones being gone. Calvin Ridley might get double covered a lot in that offense. So I, I do like that pick. Uh, my number two, and this is a little bit of like controversial because like this guy's probably going to start for most people every week anyway, but it's Robbie Anderson. Uh, after a solid... Your guy. It is my guy. Your I guy. I have him on my roster. I might be a little biased hoping that he does great week one so I can trade him. Uh, after a solid first season in Carolina and playing against the Jets secondary, which stinks 
gives him high touchdown possibility to the recently very well paid wide receiver. What was it? It was a two year, twenty nine point five million dollar extension after his career year last year. And with his ex QB on the new roster, on his roster as well, who he had a decent connection with in New York, I I see 900 yards and about 10 touchdowns that season in New York. So, yeah, he does have pretty I, good rapport with him. I see Matt Rule offense, Joe Brady. Yeah, I, like I see. That. I don't see wide receiver one upside. I see wide receiver mid to low wide receiver two upside and, and Robbie Anderson. So it's an easy start on my roster. I'm not even thinking about it. My next guy is DJ Chark. You know, I understand that. Not a fan. I, I know you're not, that. but. Trevor Lawrence was one of the best deep ball throwers in college football last year. The Houston secondary is terrible. I think Urban Meyer is going to want to come out and just show off Trevor's arm and just really show him off. Houston stinks. Jacksonville stinks. It might be a shootout, to be honest. Like that, might, that game might get out of hand really quickly just because the defenses are so bad on both sides. So I have DJ Chark. I think he should be starting. I think him and Lawrence are going to have a really good connection because Chark is a really good downfield receiver. Like he's really good at that. He the year he had with Gardner Minshew, where Gardner Minshew went like thirty four and eleven or whatever, like Chark was massive that year. He was a top thirty wide receiver every single week. I think Chark is going to be that again with Trevor. Like, I, I think you should be starting him. Is Lavisca Chanel the definite start? Are right, are you starting DJ Chark over Lavisca? Yeah, I would start DJ over over Lavisca. Lavisca, so. The gadget guys to me, and that's what LaVisca is right now because he, he's not a good route runner. Like, he, he runs a lot of short stuff, intermediate. He didn't have a t- Like, we're blowing him up a little bit. His numbers from last year weren't great. He had a few good games at the end of the season where we really liked him. But Chark has actually been a pretty consistent receiver. He was injured part of last year. He's been injured for the per- first part of training camp, and he didn't get to play in the preseason, really. But look for Trevor to go downfield. He likes a big receiver. That's what Chark is. He's a big physical guy. And he's fast, and he has good hands. So I expect him to be a red zone threat. They don't have good tight ends. I, I think that that should be a pretty good option, and I think you should be starting Chark in some deep leagues or even in some shallower leagues. Like That's a good matchup. Anytime you're playing against Houston, that should be a good matchup. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I can't argue against it. I actually have my number third as a wide receiver on the other team playing against the Jaguars. I have Brandon Cooks. I like this one. Uh, I like this. The clear number one in the Texans offense. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, as much shit as I gave the Texans and Tyrod Taylor, like if you listen to yesterday's episode, I gave the Texans a lot of shit for their week one matchup, but Tyrod Taylor will be able to sling the ball. And look, he's the most talented, he, by far the most talented wide receiver in that offense. And against That's not saying much. The, no, don't sleep on Nico Collins, yeah. fourth round wide receiver rookie out of Michigan. I really like him, big and physical. He's going to get touches, but yeah, Brandon Cooks is the number one option in the offense right now, just strictly because there's nobody else in the offense. And there really isn't a tough cornerback matchup for Brandon Cooks to have to face against on the Jaguars, so Brandon Cooks is, again, like a lo- a flex play if you really need a player to play again. again all Definitely a flex play. For d- sure, he should be a flex play. Huge DFS guy. If you really need somebody to plug in there, I will be putting Brandon Cooks in my free DFS league this week, but... It, there's just, you can't argue against productivity against a bad on a bad depth of wide receivers and against a bad passing defense of the Jaguars. My next guy is Chase Edmonds. They are playing the Tennessee Titans defense. The Cardinals are Chase Edmonds last year against bad defenses 
like the Jets, like Seattle, averaged over 15 fantasy points a game last year when he played a low-end defense. He is now the number one back in that offense. And when Chase Edmonds averages 15 touches per game, he, he ends up being a top 15 running back. So expect Chase Edmonds, big day against Tennessee. Both teams have a bad defense. Both teams have really good offenses. Should be a lot of points put up. I expect Chase Edmonds to have probably somewhere between eight catches and 10 carries. Even with James Conner, I expect Chase Edmonds to average about 18 to 20 touches a game this season. I'm, I'm all in on that guy. Honestly, he should be a starting running back pretty much every week. If you're if you're running back needy, like that should be a guy that you're definitely starting if you drafted him for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think James Conner is going to eat into James Conner's workload. He only, he got paid the minimum. He so stinks. It's a one year minimum as well. So I think this is more or less just we're going to beat you into the ground, and if you do something for us, you do something for us. But like he's not even a good pass blocker. No, he's not a good pass blocker. So. The util- like they're not going to utilize him on third down. So Chase Edmonds is still the third down back. Maybe James Conner gets some goal line work because Edmonds isn't the biggest guy. But that's the thing. Edmonds isn't the biggest guy, so you don't expect him to get goal line work anyways. If he just gets 18 touches a game, he's good for a 20-yard touchdown pretty much every other week. Yeah. So I'm all in on that guy. If you have him, definitely high-end flex, low-end RB2 for sure. All right. You want to start us with the sit-ups? I have one more oh, yeah, start right. I do. Antonio Brown. Cowboys are starting a rookie corner as the slot corner all season. He's a rookie. Uh, hello? <laughs> it's Antonio Brown. Do you know that he led the team in targets six games last year, and he only played in eight regular season games, and then he only played in three of the four playoff games? Led the team in targets six times. Yeah, it's he gonna be it's gonna be a pass party. It's, yeah, and and AB is you know he has a, a good rapport with Brady. They have a great connection. They're gonna torch that Cowboy secondary. It's a young secondary. Like get the ball out quick, get it to the slot. That's where Brady's most comfortable. Antonio Brown is honestly the perfect receiver for Brady. Like they already work well together. I expect AB to have a massive day. So if you have him, definitely be starting him against Cowboys defense. I expect AB to have a massive year. I saw a report earlier that Bruce Arians said that AB is looking just like he did four years ago on the Steelers. I, I overrate that a little bit because like every year some guy comes into the season, ah, I'm in the best shape of my career, and it's like, well, you're 37. Like, yeah, but you, I mean, you're hearing it from Bruce Arians. Yeah, I, I don't care. Bruce I, Arians is he's a nut job. <laughs> that guy's crazy. Did you see – no, that wasn't Bruce Arians. I was going to say, did you see how the Chiefs ended their practice the other day? No, I didn't see this. To to get today off, or yesterday off, they they gave Harrison Butker – you got to kick a 65-yard field goal. If you make it, everyone gets the day off on Monday. He made it. He sunk it. It would probably have been good for like 66, 67, but I thought that was pretty cool. So just, every year before uh, – on the last week of training camp before the season starts – Belichick does something similar. He has a rookie offensive lineman or a young offensive lineman. He has to, he has two opportunities to successfully haul in a punt. And two years ago, I know that Isaiah Wynn did haul it in. Last year, Michael Owenu did not haul it in. So <laughs> this year, I don't know who their rookie... I think they, they took a kid in the sixth round out of Colorado. So I think that's tomorrow. We'll be seeing if the rookie can haul in a punt. Kind of excited for that, but it's funny you bring that up with the Chiefs. They get a day off if yeah. Bucker makes a kick. Like Bill Belichick does something similar to that to give the guys a day off. 
Um, into the sit-ems. You want to start us off here? Yeah, sure. I got Allen Robinson as a sit-em. One word. Jalen Ramsey. That's two words. I don't care. <laughs> it's Jalen Ramsey. Do not start Allen Robinson with Andy Dalton as his quarterback against the Rams defense that, oh, by the way, did I mention Jalen Ramsey is the lead corner for the for the LA Rams? Like, hey, Jalen Ramsey has something to prove. Everyone's been talking shit after Darnell Mooney diced him up for an incompletion. Yeah, yeah. Like, we could see we could see Jalen Ramsey just guarding the number two wide receiver instead of the number one. Yeah, he's going to be on the number one guy. He's going to take Allen Robinson, and he's going to take his lunch. He's going to take his lunch money. He's probably going to take his mother, and he's going to take him outside, <laughs> and he's going to beat him. And that's going to be end, the end of Allen Robinson for week one. Don't yeah. don't don't start him. Don't uh, you, do it. Realistically, you no can't. find another matchup. Yeah, no, realistically, you can't find you can't start the number one receiver against the Rams ever. Uh, that's not I, true. I mean, there are certain guys. The problem is the the quarterback matchup. Andy Dalton is not going to be able to throw to Allen Allen Robinson. He's not. Yeah, but he's not capable of that. If I see when I see DK Metcalf against the Rams, I'm always thinking. Do I sit DK Metcalf? That's DK Metcalf. I there understand. are a lot of guys I'll start but against. DK Jaylen Metcalf Ramsey. is 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 rated higher than Allen Robinson. He's more talented than Allen Robinson, in my opinion. But my number one is DeAndre Swift. Uh, it's uncertain if he's even going to play this weekend. He missed a lot of time over the summer battling a core injury. Uh, I just think if he does suit up, he could see a significant decrease in workload to prevent injury. Yeah, they might just sit him in general yeah. because of the injury. So, they also have Jamal Williams. Like, yeah. Jamal Williams is pretty good. They might just go with him. And playing against the 49ers defense is nothing close to favorable, favorable anyway. So DeAndre Swift is just like, if I have any other option, I'm not. I'm just going to sit him week one. Hope he just gets a lot of rest week one in this offense and comes back next week looking great. For my second sit I am going with the Steelers wide receiver group. I'm doing a grouping just like you did with the 49ers. Listen, the Bills secondary is really good. Like, Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Tremaine Edmonds, like, they're, they're really good. I, I'm not starting any of those Steelers wide receivers against that secondary. And it's not because I don't think that they're going to be able to put up points. I think it's because I don't know which Steeler is going to be the one to put up the points. And against a really good secondary... I don't want to take the risk of starting the wrong guy. So for this week, and I also think that Ben's going to be unpredictable this week. I, I don't trust him. And the Bills are good. Like, they have a good defense. It's going to be hard for the Steelers to move the ball against that secondary. And I think Najee Harris is going to get a ridiculous workload, especially in the red zone. So for me, Steelers wide receivers this week are just unstartable because, A, the only one that's a really high-end wide receiver, I think, is Deontay Johnson. And I don't know what how many targets he's going to get. I don't trust Juju at all. And Chase Claypool, while he's had big games, has also had some really bad games. So I just don't know which one it's going to be. So to play it safe, just don't start any of them. So can I give you the stats of when they played Buffalo last year? Absolutely. Uh, Juju finished first out of the three wide receivers with 11.5 fantasy points in, in non-PPR. Um, Deontay Johnson had four. And Chase Claypool had one and a half. Yeah, so that's so. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Even as a Steelers fan, uh, I don't want to start any of the wide receivers for the Steelers. Uh, and and I'm not saying the Steelers are going to get blown out. I just don't know which one it's going to be. Yes. Like Juju had eleven there. It could be Deontay Johnson. Like if you want to take that risk, go ahead by all means. Yeah. But for me personally, no way. Claypool was uh, 
three receptions out of six targets for 15 yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson was... Oh, if this would load. Deontay Johnson was four receptions on seven targets for 40 yards. And then Juju was uh, six receptions for seven targets on 55 yards and one touchdown. So you're you're pretty much take a dice, roll it, and whichever one you think is going to get the touchdown is just that's the one you should start. Or just don't start any of them because the risk is not as great as the reward there. Yeah, if you drafted Deontay Johnson or Juju or Chase Claypool, like you can go one week without starting those guys. Figure out who the guy is in that offense. We're not sure. So just wait a week, go with somebody on your bench. Or, you know, if you have to start him as a flex, I can understand that. Like, they might be a flex option for you. That's fine. But definitely don't have them in your starting wide receiver spot. What what time is that game, by the way? Is that a 1 o'clock game? game? Oh, man. All right. Well, never, you definitely can't do that then. So, in yeah, if I was starting them in PPR, I would be comfortable starting them in the flex because, I mean, four receptions and then 40 yards, that's eight points. For my flex wide receiver against the Bills, I'll take that. Um but yeah, I I 100% agree. I can't really. There's no argument to be made there. My number two sitem is Odell Beckham Jr., who we had mentioned earlier, uh, playing in his first significant game since his injury. He's coming off that that knee operation to play against a defense who let up an average of 135 receiving yards and the second lowest fantasy points to wide receivers in 2020. Uh, those numbers are not favorable to a guy that's quarterback plays terrible when he plays. Baker Mayfield is not a viable fantasy quarterback when Odell Beckham Jr. is his number one target. I said it earlier in the year. Why I have Baker Mayfield written on this board, I think he's got his head out of his ass and Jarvis Landry is going to turn into his number one target with this great this great Browns team that they have this year. And Odell Beckham Jr. could be a viable start next week. But I'm not starting him against the Chiefs week one as his first really good game back with this Browns team that needs to prove something. It's just, it's not... It's not a great start for me, and I don't feel... I, Oda Beckham Jr. was a guy I'm not drafting in general, but if you have him, don't start him week one. Just don't, and it's hard because you are you're, you drafted him based off namesake alone for the most part. Like, talent-wise, last year, you were like, oh. like He had a few good games last year, though. Yeah. Like, you saw it. The last two or three games he played in that he was healthy in, like, you started to see it. The, they used him in the rushing offense. They started to figure out some stuff with him. I think Baker has looked a little bit more confident in his deep ball this year. Like that's all good stuff for Odell, but I agree with you. Week one, no way. Yeah. Like it's a no way. The Chiefs defense is not great. Like it's just not great. But I think the the Browns again, they're a run heavy team. They're they're massively run heavy. But on paper, the Chiefs team doesn't look great. But like I just gave statistics, an average of 135 receiving yards a game, and the second lowest fantasy points to wide receivers. Like, those are statistics. Those stats don't lie. Like, you, you look at the Chiefs' defense, and you're like, oh, they have Tyron Matthew. Can you, name you, you also have to take into account a lot of teams just run the ball yeah. against the Chiefs, though. Yeah. That's that's part of it. It's not necessarily the defense. It's the scheme. Yeah. Like, scheme is a big thing against them. So, yeah, it's especially in that offense. It's a run-heavy offense in general. So, against a team that you're definitely going to want to run the ball against, they're going to be even more run-heavy. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I have Zeke as my last guy, and this sucks for me because I have Zeke, like I said. Are you going to sit him? I don't think I can because my the league's too deep for me to sit him, 
But if you're in a 10-team league or an 8-team or maybe even a 12, I would pr- I would consider sitting him. I don't think it's a guarantee, but... What about a flex? Yeah, I would f- obviously I'd flex him. Okay, so yeah. you're, you're basically... In a 10-team, like- it's he's a flex play, I think. Okay. Listen, Zach Martin not being available because of COVID, and you're playing the number one rush defense from last year on Super Bowl night, yeah, I don't love that matchup at all, especially because Tampa's going to put up points. And how good is Dak going to look? That's going to affect Zeke, too. Like, if if Dak doesn't come out and look incredible, they're going to load up the box to stop the run. So while I'm probably still going to start Zeke just because I might not have a secondary option, if you have other options, I would consider starting Zeke. Like, if you have a Chase Edmonds, I would start Chase Edmonds over Ezekiel Elliott. No question. If you have Raheem Mostert, I would start Raheem Mostert over Ezekiel Elliott. I just think that there's not a lot of upside in this game. It's potentially an opportunity for Zeke to maybe get shut down in the third quarter. Like, it might get out of hand. I don't know what this game is going to look like, but Zeke might not be a starting option for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I would be starting Zeke. I can't take a guy in the top seven picks and not start him. So, I mean, I'll bite the bullet if he plays bad. I get it. Like you're a little nervous. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, if you have a deep yeah, enough team, yes. I can't do it no, because my yes. my team's not deep. But if you have an option where like Chase Edmonds is your third running back, start Chase Edmonds over Zeke. And if you have T Higgins as your third wide receiver, so you're starting your two guys, and then you're starting T Higgins in the flex, and you got J- Chase Edmonds at your running back spot. Like, do that. Just do that instead. You're pro- it's probably the safer move. That's just where I'm saying. If you have a shallow league. Go that way. Yeah. Um, my number three is Justin Herbert. Man, this, my, my team's going to have a rough week. This is going to hurt a lot of people to hear. But this is a rough, rough sophomore opener against Chase Young and company in Washington. Uh, you're also trying to operate cleanly when it counts in the new offense, which is very scary. Brand new offensive line. If you can comfortably shy away week one and stream another quarterback, I highly recommend it. Um, I mean, Ryan Tannehill probably went drafted in your leagues, but Ryan Ryan Tannehill's gone. You're not getting Ryan Tannehill. You're looking at probably like Ben Roethlisberger. I would start Jalen Hurts over Dustin Herbert. Jalen Hurts is probably drafted as well. I would. The options of start are very very difficult, but if you can get somebody with a good matchup, if Jalen Hurts is on the board on the waiver wire in your league, pick up Jalen Hurts for this week only, and then drop him next week. I'm not starting Justin Herbert against this defense. Like I've said in the past weeks, Washington is a top three fantasy defense to me. They're not a team I ever want to be playing my my guys against, especially my quarterback in the first game of his sophomore year. It's just not, not something I'm interested in. It's something I'm shying away from. Granted, I don't have Justin Herbert in any of my leagues. I feel bad for my co-host over here who has had – I'm starting him. No, I. Oh, I'm starting him. Who's your backup? Sam Darnold against the Jets. I'm still starting Justin Herbert. Okay. Because I think the line is improved. I know they're going to have a really good offensive line. I think they're going to be able to block. I think that Herbert's a good mobile quarterback. I think they have really good receiving options. And Austin Eckler is a beast. So I'm starting him. Okay. I'm all in on Herbert. Yeah? You're not shying away? Nope. I would be shying away. All in. All right, that's fair though. I got, I can't tell you what to do. I'm just because you my... watch Ryan Fitzpatrick throw three picks, and 
the Chargers just end up in the red zone. Who do because you play week one? Who do I play? Yeah. I play Dennis week one. Oh, <laughs> lucky you. He has Joe Mixon on his lucky team. Joe Mixon stinks. You. Yeah, uh, I could see Ryan Fitzpatrick playing well this week. I could see Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing three picks because there's expectations on him as the starter because that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does when he's the starter. Let's throw interceptions. <sighs> all right. That's it. I don't have any more setups unless you have a fourth. Like That is all of them for me. I think there's other players that, you know, week one is always tough because you don't know what your team looks like. You don't know what everybody's going to be. But, listen, if you like the matchup, definitely go with the guy. Definitely go with guys in matchups that you like. Running back, running back, running back. I can't stress that enough in your drafts if you haven't drafted yet. Wide receiver position is deep as hell. Wait on the wide receivers. And don't be like Andrew. Don't don't fall apart, you know, just because plan A and B went to shit. Have Find your plan C. Evolve. Evolve as the draft goes. Don't have, just choke. Yeah, have plans A through Z. It's just everything could go wrong on draft night, and for me it did. So just if you're going to take anything away from this podcast, just – have some backup plans if you're drafting within the next two days. I think that's it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you next week. After week one concludes, we're going to have waiver wire pickups, hot knot, sleepers, stardom. And we're going to talk about Raiders Ravens. Oh, Raiders Ravens? Okay, that'll be on the, the You'll hear that as next well. Thursday. Yep. Okay, we will see you guys next week.